Guys, good to see you. Uh, listen, I don't want to freak you out this morning. Uh, that's not my goal, uh, but, I, but I, I might. So uh, did you guys know, I did a little research this week, did you guys know that in the United States of America, uh, we're really all over the world, um, there are several cases of people finding out, unbeknownst to them, that someone was hiding out in their house and living there? Seriously, like, like really, they're, they're really, like, like, if you've ever had that kind of feeling, like, I don't feel like I'm alone, uh, there are people that, like, they've had that feeling, and it was true, right? And, and so, uh, one example, uh, Ohio State University, there was a group of guys lived off campus, and, uh, and they were just kind of, kind of like, man, did you notice that? And they're kind of, kind of, like, like, one day, um, they got up, and the microwave door was left open. What, 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 who, and they started blaming me. I didn't do it. I didn't use microwave. I know you did. I didn't, I, I'm telling you, I didn't do it. And, and uh, another morning they wake up and there's a glass in the sink. Dude, man, I told you. How many, which I just, I, I'm trying to figure out what kind of college guys these were. Because like, we did that stuff all the time, right? But I mean, they, they, some tidy dudes. And so eventually, uh, they, man, they, they got so freaked out that they called the police. And they're like, there's this basement in, in the unit they, they rented that had this big padlock on it. Like nobody ever entered it. And they're like, man, something's going on. And so the police, when they, when they walked through the house, they said, well, what's in here? They said, nothing. It's always been locked up since we've been here. So the police knocked the door down only to find out that it is a fully furnished apartment. Had textbooks, had a bed, had an air conditioning unit. Lie to you not, right? Woman in California, she uh, started noticing some strange things happening in her house. And the strange things started happening about the time that her ex-boyfriend got out of prison. And she started going, what? What on earth is going on? Well, one morning she woke up and her cell phone, which she had plugged into charge next to her bed, was gone. She got up went to a neighbor's house, called 911. They found her ex-boyfriend had been living in her attic for two weeks. He was up there on her cell phone going through her contacts to see if she had had any contact with other guys. Okay. And listen, there's more. My goal is not to freak you out this morning. You're all going to check your attic, aren't you? My goal is not to freak you out. But I do want to talk to you about the hidden, unseen things in this world that have an effect on everything that we know and think about reality. And that's what we're going to find when we get into Daniel chapter 10. Okay? So join me in a word of prayer. We're going to jump into Daniel chapter 10. We're going to talk about the hidden things. It's going to make some of you uncomfortable, but it's an important conversation. So join me in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. God, we testify this morning that we believe that your word is true, that's right. We know that it is alive and active, that's sharper than a double-edged sword. It has the ability to penetrate to the deepest, darkest, hardest places of our heart. Um, God, we know that's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness, um, that we might be equipped for every good work that you have for us. And so um, we just want to recognize that we need this. We need your word. Holy Spirit, we would like to also recognize that you were the teacher of this church. And so we ask you to come and take your rightful place in our church, that you would lift up and exalt Jesus Christ, that um, you would teach us the truths of Jesus from the inside out, that our hearts would burn with passion as we learn the truth of God's word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys. Daniel chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, read with me. I'll be reading out of the CSB. It says, In the third year of King Cyrus of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar, The message was true and was about a great conflict. Okay, He understood the message and had understanding of the vision. 
In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks. I didn't eat any rich food, no meat or wine entered my mouth, and I didn't put any oil on my body until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up and there was a man dressed in linen with a belt of gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the brilliance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude." Only I, Daniel, saw the vision. The men who were with me did not see it, but a great terror fell on them, and they ran and they hid. I was left alone looking at this great vision. No strength was left in me. My face grew deathly pale, and I was powerless. I heard the words he said, and when I heard them, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me and set me, shaking on my hands and knees, and he said to me, Daniel, you are a man treasured by God. Understand the words that I'm saying to you. Stand on your feet, for I have now been sent to you. After he said this to me, I stood trembling. Don't be afraid, Daniel, he said to me. From the first day that you purposed to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your prayers were heard. I have come because of your prayers. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now, I have come to help you understand what will happen to your people in the last days, for the vision refers to those days. While he was saying these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground, and I was speechless. Suddenly, one with human likeness touched my lips, opened my mouth, and said to the one standing in front of me, My Lord, because of the vision, anguish overwhelms me. I'm powerless. How can someone like me, your servant, speak with someone like you, my Lord? Now I have no strength, and there's no breath in me. Then the one with human appearance touched me again and strengthened me, and he said, Don't be afraid, you who are treasured by God. Peace to you, be very strong. As he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and I said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. He said, Do you know why I've come to you? I must return at once to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I leave, the prince of Greece will come. However, I will tell you what is recorded in the book of truth. No one has the courage to support me against those princes except Michael, your prince. Okay. All right, just a couple things I want to share with you this morning. A little freaky, little segment of passage. Now, part of the problem with um, chapter 10, and we're taking these one chapter at a time, chapter 10, 11, and 12 are all tied together. So I'll just tell you up front, this is the last vision that Daniel has. Remember, his vision started in chapter 7. Up till chapter 7, he was interpreting other people's visions. Now he's having visions. He needs angelic messengers to interpret. Uh, So this is his last vision, but it's not going to be explained to us until chapter 11 and 12. And so all we have this morning is the revelation uh, of Daniel or the vision of Daniel. So what can we learn from that? Two things. Two things I want to share with you. The first thing is kind of a big deal. We don't like to talk about it a lot, but here's the truth of Scripture. Uh, There is a great, unseen, spiritual battle being waged. Right? That's going on right now. Okay? 
Okay, another way to say that, um, there's people in the attic, okay? I, I don't know how, spiritually speaking, I, I, don't, know, I don't know how else to put you. There's a great unseen spiritual battle being waged. Now, now we've, been, we've been studying these visions of Daniel since chapter 7, and that's where everything took a turn. When you go from chapter 6 to chapter 7, you switch genres of literature, and it, it goes from, from historical into apocalyptic. Now, apocalyptic comes from the word apocalypsis or apocalypse. I'm going to put it on the screen for you. Uh, Apocalypsis, and it means revelation. That's what it means. And, 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 and apocalyptic literature is literally an unveiling or a pulling back of the curtain, ready, to see the unseen world and how it affects everything that we know. That's what this is. That's what this is. And, and, and this, of all the texts of Daniel, does, does, in my opinion, the best job of doing that by helping us see the unseen, what's going on. And so in, in Daniel chapter 10 and 12, we're going to have the explanation. This is just the revelation, uh, which we're going to look at. So, so here's the story. Daniel has been praying again. He's praying again. Every time we find him, he's praying. Now, this is the third year of the Persian reign. Okay, so remember he'd been taken to Babylon. Babylon is conquered by Persia. It's the third year of that. And, and he has been praying, that the, the scripture says, um, for 21 days. And so uh, what we believe is we believe he began praying uh, at Passover. And, and it's been three weeks roughly since Passover. And, and so uh, that, that's kind of what's going on. And so he was fasting, he was praying. And, and of course, he's praying for the welfare of, of his Jewish comrades. Now, the Jews at this point... Uh, have, have already been, a large portion of them, have been allowed to return to Jerusalem. So he's praying about that. Now, Lord, are they building the temple? How are they doing? Rebuilding the city. Of course, he's probably getting reports back at this point that, that they're not doing well. In fact, the, the temple building has, has ceased. The, the, the building of the city has ceased. Like everything has kind of come to a standstill. His heart is hurting. He's praying for his, Lord, what is going on? Praying for my people. And uh, once again, God is listening. God is listening to his prayers. Not only is God listening, but God is answering. And much like last week, uh, we find out God uh, really treasures Daniel. And the very moment that Daniel prays, God starts to answer, which is pretty cool. That happened last week, right? Daniel starts praying. God sends an answer. Really cool. And the same thing happens here. Only this time there's a problem. There's a disruption in the chain, right? So Daniel begins to pray, but something holds up the answer to his prayers. And here's what happens, Daniel 10, 12 through 13. Now, now the one speaking, by the way, we believe. So here's what we think. We think that the first person that Daniel sees there standing in the white linen and the gold belt, we think, uh, best guess, right? Uh, we think that he sees the pre-incarnate Christ. He sees Jesus and Jesus, he sees Jesus, he is like, he is, whoo, everything is sucked out of him. He, like, it, it, all his energy, he, I mean, he is, whoa, it takes everything out of him. And then what happens is an angel of the Lord, uh, who we would identify textually, uh, the scholars would identify textually, who's already been speaking to him, would be Gabriel. And so Gabriel, who's been coming to Daniel, comes to Daniel, basically kind of wakes him up. It's like, hey, bro, come on, uh, stick with me. And, 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 and then begins to explain kind of all that he has seen and that he has heard, right? And so I want you to hear what Gabriel says to Daniel about what's been going on. He says, don't be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you purpose to understand and humble yourself before your God, that's 21 days ago, Okay, from the, from the beginning of that time you began to pray at Passover, your prayers were heard and, and ready. I've come because of your prayers. But here's the holdup, ready? Next part. It says, but the, the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. 
Right? So, so God sent the answer, but there was opposition. I'm coming to, to bring you the answer, to bring you understanding. But there's opposition, and the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me for 21 days. And then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me after I had been left there with the kings of Persia. He says, Daniel, God heard your prayer. He sent me with a response from the very first day, but ready There was another evil angel, we call those demons, called the prince of Persia, and he interfered with me answering your prayer. Just leave it right there. Unseen spiritual warfare being waged. Gabriel says, Daniel, listen, man, there is stuff going on that you don't even know about. It's like, Daniel, listen, it's not that God didn't hear your prayer. He did. It's not that God didn't answer your prayer. He did. The the thing that's going on is there's a war being waged as we speak that you can't see. And so as I came to bring an answer, a fallen angel came against me, and we did battle for 21 days. And if it weren't for Michael, the archangel who showed up, by the way, that is the protector of Israel and the children of God. If it weren't for the protector of the children of God, I wouldn't have been able to come to you now. Freak anybody else out? Come on. Just a little bit. That, that, that's what, that, here's what's going on, right? Here's what's going on. And I kind of see the look on some of your faces. I wish you could too. You look uncomfortable right now. You look like somebody just told you there's somebody camping out in your attic. Um, there could be. I'm not here to freak you out. I'm just saying. Turn on the light every once in a while. Um, it's almost Christmas time, so that's, it's time to get the decorations out anyway. You'll know, right? And guys, I know this sounds crazy, but we actually find this truth all, all throughout Scripture. That there's a spiritual war being waged that we can't see, that we are completely unaware of. And the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, uh, Elijah is surrounded, he and his servant are surrounded by the army of the king of Aram. And he's surrounded because Elijah has been telling uh, the Israelites, hey, here's what the king's going to do. He's telling the king what the king's going to do because he's listening to the Lord. But the king is like, it's like this dude's in my bedroom. He's listening to everything we do. He always knows where we're going to be. So that's it. Where is he? We're going to take care of him. So they surround him. The whole army of Aram surrounds one prophet and and, and his apprentice, right? And so the, the, the apprentice, you know, his servant gets freaked out and is freaked out by... Um, the army that he sees. But Elijah says to him, hey man, don't be freaked out. There's a greater army that's for us. And so Elijah prays. He says, Lord, please open my servant's eyes and let him see. So the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the mountain was covered with horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Okay? All around. The army of God was there. Hidden, unseen, but there, all right? This is what Paul refers to in Ephesians chapter 6, right? In, in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about relationships. He talks about how a husband and a wife are supposed to love one another and care for one another in a, in a, in a covenant until death does us part, right? He says, this is how you're going to survive. And then he talks about um, uh, parents and, and children. This is how you're supposed to interact, right? Kind of walks through those things. And then he reminds us, oh, by the way, um, you're going to have conflict in all these things, right? 
You know that that's what chapter 6 is? There's a reminder. There's going to be conflict in your marriage. There's going to be conflict with your kids. You're going to fight, but don't, right? Because he says this. He says, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So that's what's going on behind the scenes. And, and, and so I just say this to you, maybe you're here this morning and you are struggling a little bit in your marital life. And you are thinking, if my husband would just listen to me, I swear to you, I told him 15 times. And husbands are thinking, man, if, if we could just have a little more time together, I would be more prone to listen. And I'm just, but every time it seems like we got some time together, something happens and somebody arrives and there's some emergency or a headache comes out and you know, and, and, and God, you, you, you're talking to one another. And you're like, I don't, I don't know why we feel so separated and, and you and your kids. And you're like, I, I, I swear I, I, I raised them up. That's the promise. Raise them up in the way they should go. And they'll, they'll never depart from it. Right. And yet here they are. They sure look like they've departed from it for me, Lord. I don't, and, and there's conflict in your life. And I know that because Thanksgiving is coming. And, uh, and here's what I'm going to say to you. Here's why. It, it, it's not just the other person. Listen, we're all sinful people. We're always like a powder keg about to go. But beyond that is there is an enemy and his army. It's not just the enemy. Because we, we put a lot of stuff on Satan. He's, he's just the commander of the army. There are evil spiritual princes that have authority in areas and they are going to bring up your past and they're going to bring up your mistakes and they're going to try to ruin your marriage. They're going to try to make you take that other person and say, that person is my problem, that person, right? And the Bible says, whoa, not so fast. There is an unseen spiritual war that's happening and if we forget that, we are in great trouble. So that's the first lesson we learn all right, from Daniel chapter 10, is there is a great unseen spiritual battle being waged. The second lesson we learn uh, is really a big deal, though. In this great unseen spiritual battle, we need to know that God is fighting for us. Right? God is fighting for us. And, and, and my hope, I shared this with the staff, my hope uh, that perhaps this helps somebody because it forces us to think about the unseen and the unfamiliar. And I kind of want to explain that to you because I'm going to make a statement here and you're going to think for a moment, I, I wonder if my pastor is a heretic. Um, just for a moment, you're just going to think that for a second because it doesn't, it's not going to sound right, but it is right. Okay, and so I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it with this. Jesus is enough. Amen. Amen. Jesus is enough. He is more than we deserve. He is the epitome of love and grace. He's our savior. Uh, He's our redeemer. He's our friend. He's the perfect picture of the character of God. He is our ultimate sacrifice. He came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. He lived the perfect life that we couldn't. He died the death that we we deserve. Um, It's only through faith in him that we can to overcome the grave. Right, right. Jesus is more than enough. And so what I'm going to say to you, I I, I just kind of preface with that, but here's what I want you to see. While Jesus is the ultimate thing that God has done for us, he is not the only thing God has done for us. Just, just, just let that set for a second. Listen, listen hear me. 
Jesus is the ultimate thing God has done for us. The cross is ultimately what we needed. We, we, we look for uh, political powers to rescue us. We, we look to all kinds of idols to be our rescue, right? To, to, to pay the ransom. I mean, we, we do all these things thinking that's going to make it. Well, ultimately, everything leads to Jesus, to the cross, because that is who we need, okay? But, and listen, as Christians, we know that. I think we celebrate the cross a lot, um, but, but, but then we look to Jesus and we're like, well, but yeah, but Jesus died and he's risen, and now he's in heaven, and and that's over. And we kind of think that the battle is over. But what I'm trying to say to you is, while Jesus is the ultimate thing God has done for us, he's not the only thing that God has done for us. God, in fact, as we speak right now, is still fighting for you. He, He didn't stop fighting at the cross. The battle's not over. He is still fighting for you today in unseen ways that you couldn't imagine. And, and you know, 1 Corinthians 13, which we call the love chapter that we, we recite at weddings, is not really about weddings, right? It's about the love of God. And, and it says this, we right now can only see the love of God in part, but there's a day coming when we'll, we'll, we'll know fully just as we're fully known. But right now we only get a glimpse. But one day, what that text means is that we are going to be able to look back and see the loving hand of God and how he protected us from everything. How many countless occasions has God intervened and you not known? How many occasions has God seen the unseen hiding somewhere in your life and he stepped in? And what I'm here to say to you today is God is doing that as we speak. There is a battle being waged, not just, not just against God, but against you because you're his kid. And the enemy is real, and he hates you, and he wants to ruin you, and he wants to destroy you. He wants to sow seeds of discord. He wants to destroy the church. I mean, I mean, guys, listen. It's going on as we speak. And what I'm telling you is God, as we speak, not just knows about it, but he's active in it. He is fighting for you right now. Amen? It's a big deal. It's a big deal. If, if, if we could see with the eyes of the servant of Elisha, if we could see the army of God surrounding us, I think we would live differently. I really, really do. I really, really do. Guys, I, th- I think some of us, you know, we, we look to the cross, which is awesome. This is what we need, right? Jesus is the ultimate answer. But we forget that the fight's going on right now, and God's still working. We're not just in a waiting period where God's not doing any work. God is working right now. He is fighting as we speak, which is huge, okay? So what do we do with Daniel chapter 10 and the unseen, right? The spiritual stuff in the attic. Uh, Let me give you a few things, and then I'll let you go. Number one, I think the text calls us to know what's going on, okay? So the question I asked the staff this week is uh, pretty simple. Um, Would you rather know or not know? And I just, I just, just empty question, like, would you rather know or not know? Well, that depends. I said, no, 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 I'm not going to fill in the blank. Like, like, cause once you start attaching things, like, would you rather know or not know there's a child, you know, predator uh, living on your block? Like, I mean, once you start filling in, then, then people are like, ah, you know, and so like, and, and we were kind of divided. Some people were, were like, yes, I would rather know. And I, I had at least one on staff who was like, no, I do not want to know at all. Don't want to know. I'm just going to go buy a new cell phone. Okay. I don't want to know. Don't want to know. Okay, listen, we need to know. And we need to know because if we don't know, 
We can't deal with it. We can't be prepared for it. And so, so the first thing, we need to know what's going on. There is a battle being waged as we speak. Don't forget it. Don't wake up tomorrow and go, oh, look, what a beautiful sunrise. Everything's good. It's all cheery. Everything's fine. You will walk out naked and get whooped. I mean it. Now, I live in the country. You can, you can dress differently in the country when you go outside in the morning, I found. <clears throat> Don't come over early. Uh, just saying. Need to know what's going on. Okay, number two. Uh, you need to know who's on your side. Okay? It's not just enough to know what's going on. You need to know who is fighting for you, and, and, and that's God, right? That God, as we speak, fighting on your behalf, that, uh, you know, we think about Michael, I think everybody kind of assigns Michael just to the nation of Israel. That's his territory, just the nation of Israel. I, I, I like to think about Michael uh, fighting for the children of God, uh, of which I am one. And, and, and you think about the powerful um, uh, angel fighting on your behalf, uh, the, 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 the dark principalities of this world. Like that, that's legitimate stuff going on right now. Um, and, and God is on, on my side. He's on your side. And, and you're not alone. And, and God's not surprised. God is, 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 is waging war right now. But, but here's the third thing. Uh, by the way, I, and, and before I get to the third, I, I, I want to I share a quote with you. It's, it's from John Piper, and it's about Christians need to understand the spiritual warfare we're under right now that we're going through. And this is what he says. He says, we need to take the supernatural seriously and realize that we are in a warfare uh, that cannot and should not be domesticated by reinterpreting everything in the biblical worldview so that it fits nicely with secular naturalistic ways of thinking about the world. Okay? In other words, we, we, we need to stop, we need to move past the thought that this stuff doesn't exist or you know, it's not all spiritual. Or Oh no, that could be explained by your psyche. And, and no, it's not in my head. It's not just in my heart. Like it's legit. It's really going on. Okay, and so, so we got to move, which, which brings me to, okay, so, so listen, we have to know what's going on. We have to know who's on our side, and, 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 and then we have to listen to the one who's on our side when he says this, that we need to get dressed. Need to get dressed, okay? So um, if you are in uh, a battle, and, and your leader says to you, hey, I want you to put on the flak jacket and the helmet, okay, because, like, we're expecting some, some issues uh, coming, coming tonight. So you're kind of out on deployment, like, you need to be dressed for battle. Why do you have to be dressed? For safety and protection, right? Who's the one telling you to get dressed? The one that knows what's coming, okay? So God in his word says, hey, here's the deal. There is unseen business going on. And I know you don't see it, therefore you don't want to think about it because we like to live with our head in the sand. I don't want to know, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. And God's like, you need to know, okay? And you need to know because if not, you're going to walk out into that world with war going on and you're going to walk out unprotected and the enemy is going to take a shot at you. And man, he might just hit your mind and fill it with all kinds of thoughts and lies. He might just hit your heart and break it in two. Make it hurt so bad that you want to give up. Right? He might just hit your feet. So that he can make you immobile. In this kingdom of God. Right? The enemy's going to take a shot at you. That's what's going to happen. 
God says it's going to happen. And he says, you know what? Here's the answer. You've got to be dressed. I'm going to fight for you, but you've got to be dressed. Christians, can I ask you a loving question this morning? Are we ready for battle? Or are we walking out like we're going to the grocery store? Follow me? Right? I'm I'm not trying to make you raise your hands. We're not going to have a moment of confession. But I think you and the Lord probably should. I think me and the Lord need to. Lord, am I really getting dressed every day? Am I? All right? Guys, pray with me this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the tender, hopefully, reminder that there's a lot of unseen that we don't know about. We get inklings, we get feelings, but Lord, it is real. And so God, help us today um, just receive this truth, which is hard, but help us make a commitment because of this truth to get dressed and to be ready for Lord, be glorified in all that uh, we think, say, and do. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. So guys, here's my challenge to you this week. Uh, it's not in the homework, but I'm just going to give it to you as homework. I want you to read Ephesians 6, 6 all week, every morning. So you have every morning I'm going to get up, just read Ephesians 6. Read the, the section on spiritual warfare this week, okay? Every day, get up and read about it. Every day, okay? Um, If you need to, right now, grab your cell phone and set a reminder. Why would I do that, Pastor? I don't know. You guys remember the time where you used to get in the car and you didn't buckle a seatbelt? Everybody remember those days? You remember those days, right? And you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, by law, you didn't have to, even though you still flew out of cars. Uh, but, but two, the cars didn't remind you, did they? Now you get in a, like we, we just, my, my father-in-law just gave Cole a truck so he can start driving soon. And, and I've been driving the truck this week because I'm selling another one. And, and you start the car, I, I, I lie to you not. You start the car and it starts dinging, right? Ding, 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 ding. I was like, oh my gosh, I just started the car. You have to put your seatbelt in before you start the car. It is the most annoying thing on the face of the planet. But I promise you this, I put my seatbelt on. Maybe you need to set a reminder. Maybe you need to annoy yourself a little bit. Hey, read Ephesians 6. 7 a.m., read Ephesians 6. If you're one of those people that likes to hit snooze, set a reminder to repeat at 8 a.m. <laughs> read Ephesians 6. If you really like to hit snooze, set it for lunchtime too. <laughs> read Ephesians 6. Remember what is coming. Get dressed before you walk out, okay? Don't walk out naked into battle. You will get hurt. I promise. I promise. All right?